listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have a really good episode for you. It's the top legal and tax tips for accountants in dealing with clients who are selling or acquiring a business. Now, we usually cover this topic or topics related to selling and acquiring businesses on our sister podcast to Talking Law, which is called The Deal Room. Now, if you don't listen to The Deal Room, you might like to head over to The Deal Room, look it up in uh, iTunes or your favorite podcast player, and you'll actually find that this um, episode that uh, we have today, talking about the top legal and tax tips for accountants leading up to sale or acquisition of a business, um, is a two-part series uh, on the Deal Room podcast. So today we are putting just part one of the two-part series here into Talking Law because we have a bit of a different audience for Talking Law and we want to make sure uh, that we're pushing this out to all of the right people. But if you find that you're interested in the topic of this podcast and you would like to hear part two, then make sure you head over to the sister podcast, The Deal Room, so you can listen to the whole two parts uh, to this series. And just to give you a bit of an introduction to the series so that you know what we'll be talking about in part one and part two, we have on board to talk uh, with me uh, about these issues. Peter Bembrick, who is a tax partner at HLB Manjard Sydney. Peter is no spring chicken to this game. He has been providing tax assistance to businesses and individuals since he joined HLB Manjard more than 30 years ago and where he's been a partner since 2004. So um, he certainly knows a thing or two about the tax tips um, in dealing with clients who are leading to exit um, or or who might be looking at acquiring a business. Now, in this two-part series, Peter and I are doing a little bit of uh, to and fro. It's a bit more of a discussion than our usual interview style, with Peter and I both throwing in some of the tips that we have seen over the years that we think are relevant, particularly to accountants and advisors who are dealing with businesses leading up to sale. So in the two parts to this two-part series, I talk from my perspective about the classic conversation that seems to always crop up when business owners are exiting the business. And a bit of a hint here, they have rarely brought their accountants along for the ride. So listen in to part one, where I talk a little bit more about that conceptually. Um, I also talked about the missed opportunity for accountants. I see many, 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 many clients in the business sale and acquisition space. And um, 
over time, I, I think I've really developed a keen insight into where there is opportunity for accountants um, that is often missed. So Peter and I um, chat that through uh, a bit. And then in part two, I drill in from the legal side on the mistakes that we've seen accountants make in sales and acquisitions. So we look at uh, restructuring, we look at um, accountants running elements of the deal. We look at preparing ahead of time. We look at share purchases and business purchases. Um, and we also look at, at a team approach. And then Peter in the two-part series uh, particularly is talking about tax tips that he sees to be relevant to accountants and advisors in this space. And Peter talks about the difference in selling a business and selling shares um, in a company. He talks about small business CGT concessions and some of the impacts after the tightening in 2018. So he gets into a little bit of detail there. And he also talks, as well as me, about this ideal situation of assisting business owners to plan their exit well in advance. So here we go with part one, where we talk about some of these issues that I've just talked about. Once again, if you want to hear the rest of them, then just head over to the Deal Room podcast to get part one and part two. But for now, here's Peter and I talking about the top legal and tax tips for accountants and advisors in dealing with clients who are selling or acquiring a business. Here we go. So Peter, welcome on board to the podcast today. Thanks, Joanna. It's a pleasure to be here. Fabulous. Okay. Now, how about we kick this off first by um, perhaps giving our listeners a bit of a quick background of who you are, Peter, um, and what kinds of clients you deal with generally? Yeah, sure. No, thanks. Well, as, as you mentioned, I'm uh, one of the tax partners here at HLB Manjad Sydney. Um, a lot of my clients tend to be uh, SME business owners, private individuals, and then it's a sector, and also also other accountants. So, as like yourself, I do with yeah. a lot of accountants. So uh, I find that I'm often helping them with tax issues relating to to their clients and, and, and their business issues and the acquisitions of sales of businesses. So certainly um, that's that's a large part of what I do. Yeah. And and I guess um, giving a bit of background to this podcast, um, well, one of the reasons that we're talking about this is because Aspect Legal and HLB Manjud have partnered together um, to provide information to uh, accounting firms generally, um, in uh, not just in this area of uh, business sale and acquisitions, but also more, more generally uh, across other commercial and, and obviously tax areas as well. We have some previous podcasts where we uh, talk in more detail about the um, joint accounting community initiative between HLB, Manjad and uh, Aspect Legal and uh, National Australia Bank. Uh, and if you're interested in that as a listener, just head into the show notes and we'll give you details of where to go back um, and listen a little bit more about to what we're um, providing, what we're doing um, in the uh, community for accountants. But drawing on that today, what we particularly want to do is just give some really quick top tips in uh, areas that we think that accountants generally who are dealing with businesses who are selling or, or buying businesses or shares or assets could find useful uh, in terms of uh, their general practice. So um, so the way we'll do this, um, Peter and I both have a, a few things that we want to talk about, but I think it's more interesting for you as the listener um, if um, we, we also just have a bit of a conversation about those areas. But I, I guess maybe... Um, 
um, Peter, if you want to kick it off, what is your first key tax tip on um, selling or acquiring a business? Sure. Yeah, no, thanks, Jonah. Well, I suppose the first thing point I wanted to raise was the, the question that often comes up is when you're selling, say, from the, just take it from the sell side, um, do you sell the shares in, the, in a company? Typically, it's a company. So do you sell the shares in the company or do you sell the business assets out of the company? And that, that can make a significant difference. And so I suppose the a spoiler alert there is it's usually better to sell the shares so um, but obviously there but obviously there are commercial as you will no doubt touch on there are a lot of commercial um, and legal issues relating to yeah. um, that, that affect that and so it's not always an easy thing to do but and I'll, I'll probably one of my other points which I'll come on to a bit later is in relation to small business capital gains concessions and that that can be one reason why selling shares can be more tax effective so it's something that's definitely worth looking at yeah and I, I mean it's really interesting this whole discussion because it's funny that you have that as your top um, number one point because it's actually mine as well <laughs> even though I'm talking about the legal perspective and you're talking about the um, the tax perspective but I just I'm right with you I think this is the number one issue. But one of the things that I noticed is that the classic conversation I have with business owners who are exiting relates to when I ask them when they had their last conversation with their their accountant about the way in which they're looking to structure the sale. And they'll often say something like, oh, yeah, I discovered it discussed it briefly with my accountant at some point, um, but I spoke to the broker or the, the corporate advisor and we've decided that the easiest way to sell the business is to sell the business rather than the shares themselves. And when I say, okay, well, what does that look like in terms of the tax outcomes at the end of the day? Always radio silence, blank stare. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's really clear at that point that they haven't brought their accountants along for the ride and also that the accountants haven't been linked to their clients to the extent that they've made their clients aware that this is such a critical decision because when I then ask that question and then they go back and then they get a bit of a flow through of understanding what the um, what the end outcome looks like in terms of cash in their pocket at the end of the day, it can make an absolutely massive difference to the, the end outcome um, in, in, in some instances. So, is, is that what you're seeing? Oh, to- totally, yeah, absolutely, and that's that's the thing that that people think, as you say, think in people think in terms of, uh, oh, okay, we get a great offer for the business, we can get it, we can sell, we found a buyer. Um, the buyer is usually not that keen to buy the company; they'd rather just take it, make a clean transaction, get buy, take the business yeah. assets, which is typically goodwill or intangibles, is the biggest is where all the where all the value is, and so they'll do that. But what they don't think through is, okay, well, fine. The company sells the business. We've got cash in there. We've got to get the cash, as you say, in, back out into the pockets of the business owners. How is that going to work? And what's the ta- what's the ultimate tax that's payable on that? So that's where, yeah. So that's where it comes in, and it's mm. it's the planning around, or well, what does the tax look like in the company's hands, and then in the individual shareholders' hands, or it might go through a family trust, or there's there's different, you know, what the shareholding structure looks like. But but there's, there's quite a lot of planning involved in that, and mm. uh, so that's something that. Um, you know, they just need to think through, and as you say, if they have that conversation with the accountant, then that should be that that's some part of the planning that should be possible. And uh, and, and if they're not, and if they're getting pushback, I've certainly had examples where that um, we've had a discussion quite recently with someone, and, the, and the, again, they were doing exactly what you were thinking. 
okay, we'll just sell the business, and, mm. and we raised the raised the, the the possibility with them. It all came up fairly quickly. It's just something that was mm. very live, but they, mm. they were able to find a buyer fairly quickly because of mm. their contacts in the industry, mm. and and that all was all going along quite well. But we said, look, you know, why don't you ask them? Would they be willing to buy the shares? What would it take to make that deal happen? And they actually made that deal. In that case, it was fairly clean, and they were able to make it happen. Mm. And it's going to make it's going to save them quite a bit of tax, um, mm. which people would just not even think. In other cases, it's yeah. going to be more difficult. And they'll be the purchaser might want a, uh, a, a you know they'll be start discounting the price. So it it it's where it gets a bit tricky. But um but you got to ask the question. I think sometimes having a discounted price at the end of the day, when you look at the cash flow through, um you, you know it, sometimes it's worth taking a discounted price, but doing it in a way that makes sense from a, from from a tax perspective as well. Yes, correct. Um, and yeah. and you know we all know that that tax decisions shouldn't drive you know, critical decisions in a business. But when you're talking about exit, sometimes it actually is appropriate. Mm, mm, that's right. <laughs> Although, and, yeah, and, and it's just something that needs to be, it's more about looking at it. We've had mm. had another example where we worked out that that doing that could have, um, and our corporate advisory division was advising on the transaction. So it was a case of we were helping them with the sale aspect, commercial, the, 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 those aspects of the commercial, of the sale, and giving them some tax advice and so we, we when we looked at it we worked out that they could have and this was working with with their regular accountant so he did a lot of the background work and then we worked with him to come up with you know what would be the tax outcome look like and in the end in the end result was they could have saved a couple of hundred thousand dollars in tax uh by by going down the share sale route but for a multi-million dollar business sale, the owners actually decided it wasn't worth wasn't actually worth the effort, and they mm. uh, so they just let it. To, to, in order to get the transaction across the line, they just decided not to pursue that avenue. But mm. at least they at least they were able to um, give it some consideration to make an informed decision. Mm. And sometimes that's a timing thing. I find as well, though, when when the um, the structure of the sale comes up. After the parties have already started talking, mm. it can be very hard sometimes to move it back to a position. Like, for example, if you've been talking about business seller, asset seller, it can be Correct. quite yeah. hard to pull people back into a share sale, you know, after uh, after a lot of negotiation has all been, or, you know, once the commercial terms have already sort of been um, hashed together. So really this is about the earlier you get in, the better, um, because I think there's lots of reasons why share sales can actually be sold as being a better way of um, acquiring a business, notwithstanding some of the risk that sits there, but some of that risk can be dealt with by contractual means and, and by mm. other means. Um, there's some benefits, which maybe we'll talk about a, a little bit um, later on, because I think accountants, generally speaking, some accountants that I speak to are particularly concerned about allowing their clients to buy shares rather than the business, but, but the larger a business, the more likely it is that it will be a share sale rather than a business sale. Um, and I, I think that is because, um, it, you know, there are some good reasons to push a share sale sometimes in some businesses. And But the earlier you do this, the better because you can make it part of that general discussion. Yes, correct. Why do you think it is then? And, you know, I have an idea perhaps that the reason why um, – there are so, so many cases of business owners uh, coming in at exit, not having the full, not being armed with full information of the difference um, in a tax outcome for the way they might structure the sale is because their accountants perhaps don't want to necessarily proactively offer up looking at this sort of stuff 
initially because they're not massively familiar with it and don't come across it every day. Maybe it can be be a little bit uncomfortable. Do you think maybe that's something that's happening out there in the market? Look, yeah, look, it can be and for sure, um, or at least they're not aware of the across the intricacies of it. I mean, I think a lot of accountants would be across some of the broad, yeah, the broad yeah. tax, the broad tax issues. Um, but also maybe they're not having those conversations with. I mean, if you're having that commercial and perhaps might just come back to the, the, the particular CGT concessions because that's the area I think that's of particular interest. But just the broader point you make there about uh, Joanna, the uh, um, if client if, if accountants are actually talking to the business owners about their succession planning or their exit planning. In advance, you know, well in advance, then that's probably where these things are more likely to come up. Yeah, they're, they're talking about you're looking at all sorts of options. Is it a, is there going to be a family succession? Are there key employees that that might be looking to, to buy the business, um, uh, or, or to to buy in, you know, even some vertical integration in terms of different things in the supply chain, or or, or possibly suppliers, like all this sort of, you know, looking at well, who would actually buy, if, or if you're going to sell, mm. sell this business, who would buy it, you know. Right down to all the way down to actually going out to a broker and and looking to, for someone to try and find a buyer, you know. So mm. there's sort of things that. So I guess just <clears throat> if there is that planning, then um, you know, I've had a couple of ex- examples again where we've had business owners looking to thinking about exit um, and and then starting to you know plan ahead of time. You know, mm. they know they've they've got say five years before they might. Well, in one case, she knew she had maybe five years before she wanted to sell. So starting to um, you know, get a little built, you know, a little doing a restructure. In fact, a restructure can be quite useful. That's the thing because if you've got a bit of time, the, mm-hmm. the actual structure, the classic structure of an individual owning all the shares, um, sometimes you want something like a trust owning mm-hmm. the shares and because and, and, that can, be, again, help you with a tax outcome when you ultimately sell. So mm-hmm. doing that restructure maybe ahead of time. So that's sort of one situation. And uh, so, that you know, all sorts of um, – so just, just yes, yeah, so, so getting having those discussions, as you say, perhaps not everyone is likely to – have and it, it often comes down to just being close to your client. Yeah, which I think is a really good point. And interestingly, was another point that I was going to talk to. So um, it's useful that that you let into mm. this. But I think there is a missed opportunity for accountants um, in in this general discussion because you, you know the discussion itself can um, perhaps result in um, in additional work for the accountants. Like it's Definitely. but yeah. it's also really good for clients. It's it's a really good client centric approach, and and it's also good for your relationship with your clients to be having these proactive discussions. And I think perhaps one of the reasons why it's um, not done more often is because everyone gets busy in their day-to-day mm, work and, sure. and, you know, pushing out the work that is in front of us. But I, I think maybe time has to be set aside for having proactive discussions with client bases so that you're identifying some of these things in advance because, as you say, this, you know, um, if a restructure is needed to provide the optimal sale outcome, which quite often it gen- it is, you know, generally, yeah, absolutely. you know, there is the need for a restructure. Um that, you know, you can't, you really can't predict where a business is going to be in five years' time. So, really, anyone who might have exit on the radar at any point really should be having those regular discussions in terms of, okay, would you need to, is it best, you know, for us to look at a restructure for you to get it, you in the optimal position into the future just in case you, mm, um, yeah. uh, you know, ready for that point of exit at some point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and that's where the small business CGT concessions, which I've mentioned a couple of times, I mean, 
given that, again, a lot of the accountants are aware of those concessions, but doing that and, and the, the, what I find one of the most useful things is, is actually having, say, that again, the, the typical case is an individual owns all the shares in the company because they've started it up, you know, yeah. from, and sort of built it up from scratch. So using the concessions to actually restructure by by bringing a family trust across the top of it and, mm. and a holding company, so it's sort of a bit of a you know process that you, which we've often gone through with clients and me, and that sort of a structure um, is often done you know best ahead of time, not mm. not too close to a transaction. You need, you need mm. enough time to put it in place properly, and it will. Um, and, and and there's things like, for example, the six million dollar cap on net assets, and if mm. if the business value is actually getting close to that. You take advantage of the concessions while while they're below six million before the business value goes above six million. That's just one example. That's um, clever. So it's triggering yeah. those conversations before beforehand. Getting that, yeah, that's right. I mean, it'd be nice to build it up to eight million dollars, but then once you get to that level, you miss the opportunity to use the concessions. So mm. and and mm. and and thinking about their ages, and once once people are over fifty five, there's a lot of it's it's much easier to get a, a tax free outcome. But mm. then if they're under fifty five, then there's there's an element of you might need to put some of that money into a super fund, which for someone in their thirties or forties is not particularly attractive because the money mm. locks the money away, but depending how much money they've actually got access to, but it's it's also an opportunity to help build up their superannuation. So if they're getting into their late 40s, perhaps they do want to put some money into super and, and those small business concessions provide an opportunity to put some extra money into super beyond the, the relatively limited superannuation contribution caps that we have. So it, it, it sort of goes into other areas as well, which uh, which again, it's all about, which is which again, usually creates, like you said, Joanna, more work for the accountants and mm-hmm. advisors um, from a wealth management perspective as well as a tax and, and accounting perspective and it it adds certainly a lot of value to the clients and, and helps them with their you know planning if they sell out a business you know what are they planning to do after that mm. you know there's, there's sort of so it so it definitely goes much broader than just you know the out the outcome out of out of the uh, that particular transaction so, mm. Uh, mm. so there's a yes there's a fair bit involved in that Okay, great. Well, look, that's it for this episode of Talking Law, where we talked about the top legal and tax tips for accountants in dealing with clients who are selling or acquiring a business. I hope you found uh, some of these topics that we talked about really useful. And if you're interested in hearing more about this topic, don't forget to go and look for the Deal Room podcast and hit subscribe, because on that podcast, we will also be publishing the second part of this two-part series. And of course, if you'd like to get more information about this topic, then head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au and there you'll be able to get the contact details of Peter Bembrick at HLB Manjud. Um, and you will also get details, of course, of how to contact our legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you would like us to assist you in finding ways that you can help to prepare your clients for exit, um, even if that is a long-term view into the future. As you've heard in this podcast, and of course, we'll hear in part two if you head into the deal room, there's lots of opportunities for accounting practices in dealing with their clients in ways that really add value, both to your clients and, of course, to your own practice in being able to provide some really future-focused advice 
in this area. And um, HLB, Manjad and Aspect Legal, together with National Australia Bank, have put together an accounting advisors community. So if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about that, completely free service for accountants. It's all about us um, trying to support uh, people who are involved in the industry in having touch points and sounding boards for other advisors. Um, so if you're interested in finding out more about that community, just head into the show notes and we'll put a link through to contact details for you so they can find more information out about it. Well, that's it. If you enjoyed what you heard today, I'd also be absolutely grateful if you could possibly pop over to your favorite podcast player and leave us a review. And of course, hit subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Well, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and Talking Law a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.